0: Chapters in the, in in the book of Matthew and, uh, and other places, we'll find where Jesus was reestablishing some things. Now, uh, if if you if you if you've been with us on Wednesday nights and some of the other other weeks, all of this is connected because he begins his ministry. Uh, Jesus begins his ministry in the book of Matthew with something called uh, the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes. And, he, and as he begins to unfold and teach in the way that he is teaching, the people were blown away. They had never heard these kinds of things. All they had, they had heard was, do touch this, don't touch that, do this, don't do that. And for them, that was the essence of religion. That's what they got when they went to the synagogues, perhaps. And when Jesus began to teach in a, in a different way, he would say, Blessed are the poor, for they shall inherit the earth. Now that was different. And so he set a completely different tone. And, and he set the tone with that passage, with, with what we call the Beatitudes. And if you've never read the Beatitudes, read them. Read them. Because it sets, it sets the, in a sense, the tone for, for what he was beginning to teach. And the people were wondering... See, remember, he was not the guy that everybody loved at this point in time in ministry. They were seeing and witnessing witnessing him do ministry and miracles, but they weren't all on board, particularly the religious leaders of the day. Because remember, they're the ones that are teaching touch not, taste not, do this, don't do that. And so, um, some questions came up. And so, beginning with... um, With Matthew 5, and I believe we'll have it up there, verses 17 through 24. Wow, I'm early. I've got all kinds of time today. And you're saying, please, Pastor, no. Now, given given this set of circumstances, and they're hearing him teach something different, they've got their ears open Waiting, uh, some of them waiting for him to stumble so they could nab it. You ever been in a a situation like that, waiting for you to say the wrong thing so they can leap on it? Okay. And Jesus said to them, "Do not think that I have that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill." Now, so he was setting the back. They're hearing one thing, and they're wondering what, is, what this new teaching is. He says, do not think that I have come, that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. Now, what's the law? The law and the prophets essentially was those, uh, the law was those, the first five books of the Bible, you know, that we would find. If you open your Bible, you know, you have Genesis, Exodus, and so on and so, so forth. It's it called the Septuagint. That was the, the first five books of the Bible that was called the law. I'm, uh, I'm sorry, not the Septuagint. It was the Torah or the Pentateuch. And, uh, and, then, and then the prophets. He said the prophets. Well, in, 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 a, in essence, what, you know, we know the prophets, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Micah, all those different ones. What he was really saying was that I, ha- I haven't come to abolish these things. But I've come to fulfill it because you know what I know I mean and if you think about the laws and the things that we read if you if you go through the, the scriptures, you see Leviticus and you see all these laws and deuteronomy things that if you've been with us for the last couple of years you've seen and you've heard the teaching that how all of this stuff is, has come together was, was laid out and pointed to the Messiah okay even this this this, this this dinner we had today, just this the, the cup and the cup and the and the piece of bread. We see the the you might say the images and the reflections of that all the way back into the, perhaps to to uh, the, the Passover meal. Okay. In fact, the the scripture that I read to you was reflective of, of, a, of a conversation that took place during a Passover meal. See? So it's all connected, all tied together in a, in a, in a, in a kind of a, a, a unified whole that teaches one truth, that God is the source of our salvation. Okay, So we see this. So, do not think that I came to abolish the law and the prophets. I did not come to abolish but to fulfill. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or stroke shall pass from the law until all is accomplished. Now, another translation, and some of you have this, not not a jot or tittle. Okay, A jot was essentially an eye. A tittle would have been that little curvy thing on the top of of an eye that makes it a one okay you catch that not a jot or tittle not the, the smallest segments or, or, or parts of the of the language the written language They're, they'll not pass away he said until he says not Whoever then annuls one of these least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever keeps and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Now this threw this threw them off because the scribes and the Pharisees at that time, again, we're talking about the context, that moment in time. The scribes and the Pharisees, they were holy people. I mean, they tithe from the mint in their garden. They, I mean, they nothing got by those guys. And Jesus was saying, unless your righteousness surpasses these guys, you'll not enter into the kingdom of heaven. So they were thrown off. Now he says, You have heard that the anxious were told, You shall not commit murder. And whoever commits murder shall be liable to the court. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother shall be guilty before the court. Another translation, angry without cause. Will be guilty before the court. And whoever says to his brother, you good for nothing. Or raka, as is in another translation, shall be guilty before the supreme court. And whoever says you fool shall be guilty enough to go into, into the fiery hell. Therefore, if you're presenting your offering before the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your offering there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, and then and come and present your offering. Now, this is some tough stuff, okay? Now, the, the reason why Jesus was teaching this, teaching in this way is that the Jewish teachers at the time had pretty much said, you know, the sixth commandment, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not murder, really only meant murder. And everything else was fair game. You know what I mean? In, in terms of relationships, uh, it, 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 it was only restricted to murder, actual killing of someone uh, uh, that, that would fall under that. But Christ was there to show the full and the, and the intense meaning of, of, of the commandment. He says, in fact, he, what he was saying was all the rash and unaccounted for anger is, is equivalent to murder. Raka, or, or you, you, you silly head, or whatever, was, was, was from a position of pride. You fool is a, is a spiteful word that comes from hatred. Malicious slanders, and censures are poisons that kill silently and slowly. And Jesus was saying. No. So he's pushing them a little farther, wasn't he? Pushed them a little farther. Now you might be saying, okay, what about grace and, and law here? Okay? We've got a strange we've got a strange idea about grace and law. Okay? Now that's not an easy thing to talk about. We are under grace. What is grace? Unmerited favor. That's easy to, to understand. I didn't deserve it, but He loves me. That's, that's grace. I didn't deserve it, but He loves me. In other words, when I say I didn't deserve it, I didn't do anything to get it. In other words, I didn't, you know, I wasn't really good. I kept all the commandments. I did all these things. And then somewhere, somebody put a star on my paper and said, You're in. Teachers? <laughs> you know. I remember how hard I used to work for those little stamps, you know, you know the little red stamps around Thanksgiving. They put a turkey on it or something. You know, it's strange when things, but okay. yeah, it's, it's amazing, amazing motivation. But that's not what that's not what happened to me, and that's not what happened to you. When Jesus said, "I've come to fulfill the law," what did He do? He went to the cross. That was only one aspect of it. He went to the cross, and he died for us. And because of that, we get, you might say, we're like the the hand inside the glove. The glove is Jesus. The glove is Jesus, and when God looks upon us, he sees his son. See, that's how that works. The truth is, is, I couldn't have done enough. In fact, before I knew to do well and start kind of working it up and making it right and doing the right things, I was already i was already a sinner. I was already a mess. So, 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 you know, thank God that he sent his son. Thank our Heavenly Father that he sent his son to step into that place for us and said, don't take him, take me. Don't take her, take me but he says to us so so whenever we talk about this twisted thing see they had twisted the word to mean something that they could kind of get it allowed them to be angry with people without cause Their twisting had allowed them to do and to say anything they wanted to in anger and in maliciousness and stuff and still be somehow in their estimation, okay, as long as they didn't kill somebody in murder. They hadn't broken the commandments. And Jesus said, "Uh uh-uh, time out. Again, what is he doing? He's going from the the law that says, touch not, taste not, and he's going directly into the heart and saying, this is God's heart. And you might look in the mirror today and say, man, that's a high bar. That's a real high bar. Thanks be to God for the, uh, the grace that we have and the favor that we have in our Lord Christ. Let's, let me move to something else that's related to this. It's related to murder. It's related to un, unrequited anger. I'd like you to turn your attention to something that I shared with you earlier. Unforgiveness. Turn with me to Matthew 6 chapter. It's verse 9 through 15. Many of you know this. Know this passage by heart. Some of it. Pray then in this way, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. For if you forgive... Now, this is Jesus speaking. For if you forgive others their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. That's an interesting thing. Okay? Now, somewhere, somehow, we, we've, we've, we've come to the place where we desperately and acknowledge, we acknowledge that we desperately need a forgiveness of God... But won't forgive others. And I know that's that for many of you, and we'll, we'll, I'll address this a little bit in, in a little bit how to do that. How to do that. And how to be successful at that. Right? But let's go to Matthew 18. I'm, that, that first passage was just a setup, just kind of put us in the right frame of mind and thinking. Just let you know what it is. Unless, if you do not forgive others, then your father will not forgive you your transgressions. Then Peter said to, to him, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times? <laughs> you know, I, I want to know. Do you? I mean, he's like, how how long suffering do I need to be with that, 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 that rock head? You know? You know? How long, how how good do I have to be to, to be able to get in? I mean, seriously, how graceful. What is, you know, God, you know, come on. Everybody has limits. What's what's reasonable here? Okay? Essentially, that's what Peter is saying. How many times do so I forgive? He's, he's beginning to get it. He's beginning to hear what Jesus is saying, and he's, he's, he's like us. We hear things, and, and initially we don't take them on board, and But it begins to work on us, and we begin to have questions. Well, what about this? And What about that? And that's what Peter is saying here. Jesus said, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he had begun to settle them, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. I think it was like twenty-five or two hundred fifty million dollars. I don't know, but it's, it's a lot of money. Okay. But since he did not have the means to repay, his lord commanded him to be sold. Wow, I'm going to be sold. Commanded him to be sold along with his wife. Uh oh, Valley. And his children, Connie and Julie, and all that they had in repay, uh, and, the re, and the repayment to, to be made. So the slave fell to the ground and pro- prostrated himself before him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will repay you everything. That's not going to happen. Now, think about that. In all of in, in ten, ten lives, he couldn't have done that. He owed that much, and I think that was, that, that was the point. And the Lord of that slave felt compassion and released him and forgave him the debt. But the slave went out and found one. Now, that's pretty good. And we can stop there. He forgave him the debt. What an incredible miracle. <clears throat> what, 200, I don't know, 25 million, 250 million? You've, some of you have little place of cheater things in the, in the inside of your Bible, right? That, that can tell us how much it was. It was a whole lot of money. Forgave him the debt on the spot. How would you like someone to come along and forgive everything that, you've, that you owe right now? Yeah? Your car payment, your house payment, that, those, those pesky credit cards that 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 are that, there, the rent-to-own stuff, you know? Anything that you might have that's out there that you owe, your, your school loans, okay? I mean, just somebody just come along and just take it, and that's what happened here. I mean, if that happened to you today, would you, yeah, I think you'd, he would be doing some kind of a dance, right? <laughs> He's like, woohoo, what a day. Let's go out and celebrate. Let's go out and celebrate. But what, what does the scripture say here? But that slave went out and found one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii, a whole lot less, a whole lot less, and seized him and began to choke him. And he put his hands on him. Pay back what you owe. So this fellow slave fell to the ground and began to plead with him, saying, Have patience with me, and, and I will repay you. But he was unwilling. Truth is, he could have repaid that amount. But he was unwilling and went and threw him into, threw him into prison until he should pay back what he was owed. So, when his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were deeply grieved and came and, sub- and reported to their Lord all that had happened. Then, summoning him, uh oh, his Lord said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Now, this, is, this next verse is really important. And this is where, and again, this is the kingdom of God. This is not about necessarily a king and a slave, it's about us. About the kingdom of God, this is this is how the kingdom of God works. It's on the this this is on the tail end of the teachings that Jesus has, uh, has taught about. Uh, look, if if you if 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 you know if you don't forgive your 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 if the trespasses of your brother or the things of your the debts of your brother, then your heavenly Father won't forgive you. Now, those are the things that Jesus said. And verse 33, he says, should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave? Let me go back to to verse 32 and read that again. Then summoning him, his Lord said to him, you wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not also have had mercy on your fellow slave in the same way that I had mercy on you? And his Lord, moved with anger, handed him over to the torturers until he should repay all that was owed him. Now, verse 35, this is very sobering. And Jesus comes back to the now and he says, My heavenly Father will also do the same to you, will also do the same to you, if each of you does not forgive his brother from your heart. Now you catch that? Tough stuff. You know? Now, why am I saying these things today? Okay, why am I presenting this? Like, Pastor, why don't you just smile a lot and tell us about, about grace and, and sweetness and, and how heaven, how beautiful heaven's going to be up. Oh, I'd do that, but not today. Yeah? I tell you this because it's so important. It's not important because I said it's important. It's because... Of the things that Jesus said. Okay? How many of us today have been forgiven so much? I mean, if we went back and kind of like did a tape recording of your life and my life and stuff and began to put it on the board here, and it's like, oh, no, please don't. Please don't that recorded all of our thoughts and all the things that we've done behind closed doors, all the things that we said to people, uh, the, the pettiness that we've harbored in our hearts from time to time. Uh, you know, I mean, we don't want that up there, right? right? Right, I don't want it up there. I don't want mine up there. And God came along and forgave me and keeps forgiving me and keeps taking away my sin and strengthening me and blessing me. And you know what? Those are debts I couldn't repay. Debts I couldn't repay. But how many of us sitting here today, under the sound of my voice, I'm a pastor, okay, that's why you hear stuff like this. I want you to be healthy and whole. But how many people today are sitting here and, I I can just start saying this, okay? Uncle so-and-so. Brother so-and-so. That person who, uh, I mean, we could, we could say the person who owes, owed me money but never gave it back. That person who abused me sexually when I was a child. That person who, uh, that mother who gave me away. That father who was a drunk could have done a whole lot better. I mean we could go on and on and on. My my friend who betrayed me, the person who lied to me, the person who did me wrong. Is there not is there anybody who's never been never had something like that in their life? that they could point to and focus on and say, man, I'm really, I, it, you know, something happens, something happens, and immediately your mind goes back 25 years to that situation, that circumstance, and you feel all of that stuff all over again. Huh? Am I the only one? See? And he says, uh, and what's the scripture say? My heavenly Father will also do the same to you if he does, if you do not, if, if each of you does not forgive your brother from his heart. Oh, you could play the game of who's my brother. Well, let's go, who's your neighbor? Okay, if you know the scripture, <laughs> you're there, okay? okay? You know, I, this whole thing, the, the torturers, okay? What do you mean he turns you over to the torturers? What's that? What's that about? Okay? The King's forgiveness came first. This mountain of debt was, was taken away. What are the torturers? The hidden torturers of tortures of anger and bitter, bitterness that eat our insides out. The tortures of perhaps frustration and malice that give us ulcers and high blood pressure and migraine headaches, the tortures that make you lie awake at night stewing over every crummy thing that's come your way, the hidden torturers of an unforgiving heart who stalk your trail night and day and never leave your side and suck the joy of life out of your heart. Anybody not familiar with those torturers? Oftentimes a person can, can get, be forgiven at the altar and go right out and see someone in the parking lot that they have an issue with, and all of a sudden their joy is gone. Or the right person walks into the room where you are, whether it's business and stuff. I've shared with you years ago uh, a story from my, uh, my grandmother's uh, husband. He came, came home from work one day and said, Okay, Willa, Willa was my grandmother's name, Willa, it's a good hillbilly name, said, <laughs> so, Willa, uh, get dressed, we're going to the funeral home. Okay. Oh. So she gets dressed, and, goes, and he changed his mind on the way, so he pulls up into the funeral home and leaves the car running, so you can stay right here. More. I said, what is this about? He goes in, comes right back out, She's And she finally looks at him and says, "Are you crazy? What are you doing?" He said, "I just wanted to make sure he was dead." (laughs) Evidently, he had cheated. This man had cheated. This, uh, my I guess, my grandfather had cheated him years ago, and he'd held on to that. And I don't know his last his last hurrah was to walk into the funeral home. And see that he was, yeah, he's dead. Yeah. Yeah. We laugh about stuff like that, but you know what? We hold on to stuff. We hold on to stuff. I ask you why people carry a grudge, and it's usually because of pain. And we want payment back. And Jesus is saying to us, "You've received freely, now freely give." You know, the torturers, the torturers, we feel those. You know, whenever we hold something against somebody else, you know, we might be, you know, in in the court of law, we're justified. Okay, we could be completely justified because that was wrong. What happened to me on that day was wrong. It was unjust. Yet... If I what I find in in this whole big picture of life, I hang on to that, even if it was just, I find myself caught in the trap. I find myself embittered. I find myself enslaved. You understand what i mean? And, God, and one of the much of the preaching that that you'll see, and some of the things that I will say to you, and some of the things that I'll say that that may not even just like okay, like uh, uh, some of the. D- does the Bible say anything about marijuana or anything like that? But uh, no. But but the pastor may say, "Don't do it." Does the Bible say anything about cocaine? No. But 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 the pastor will say, "Don't do it." And so many of the other things that have a tendency and have the capacity to enslave and and, and put you you and me in chains. The pastor will say, don't do it. Why? Because God, it was for freedom that Christ set you free. Let nothing in in chain, and and, and you might say, uh, clabber around your heart and hold you. Whether it's physical or spiritual. You catch me here? God wants you to be free. And, and, and as much as we like to, to, to like hold out and hold that grudge, the truth is that enslaves and hurts us. And you know it to be true. You know it to be true. Because when, you're, when you look across the room and you see that person, or you think of that person, your heart begins to beat a little bit harder. And you're not and You're not free. It's almost one of those things like the only way you can be free is to set the other person free. Deserve it or not. Deserve it or not. Now, this is, this is the thing. See, see, we're not talking about the justice of this world. We're talking about a God who says, I want you to be like me. The scripture says, he causes the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. And he feeds everyone, so be like your father. Heavenly Father. See, is this radical? This is simply the gospel. Does it it challenge us in our flesh? Absolutely. But let me tell you something. There will come a day when when the world will burn, will be consumed with fire, and all things that belong to this world will go go up in a vapor of smoke. these things belong to this world. So, I don't know. You may be sitting here. Got time. Musicians, if you'll come. I don't know if you're sitting here with a, you you know, you may have really honestly been done dirty hard. You know know what I'm saying? I mean, most of us have had those experiences and we remember them. God is saying, and I'm saying to you, forgive them. Forgive that person, even if they didn't ask for it. Because it's not about setting them free. God's going to take care of that. He says, I will repay, says the Lord. I will repay, says the Lord. I'll take care of that. Have you ever, as a a child, do you remember saying, your mom and dad looking at you? And they said, look, I'll take care of it. And you were able to relax with that. You were able to say, okay, and go on your happy, merry way. How about doing that with God? He said, I'm going to take care of this. It might be an uncle. It might be a rapist. It might be someone who stole money from you. It might be someone who, who cheated, cheated you in some way, form, or fashion, or did you dirty, did you wrong. That, I mean, it's just, just the, the world is full of it, Right? I'm not diminishing it by, by saying these things. If anything, I'm saying God knows. And he understands at a depth and a, and a level that you may not. And, and he says, vengeance is mine, I will repay. You forgive him. Freely you have received, freely give. I want you to be healthy, whole people inside. That's not to mean that every illness is... Associated with some kind kind of a of a of a unresolved anger or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think that. But sometimes it is. Sometimes it is. I know this, that when crazy things begin to happen in church, every once in a while somebody somebody gets crossways with the pastor, doesn't like them. And and I'll tell you what, I'll get heartburned. <laughs> So it does affect us, doesn't it? It affects us. So live free. Live free. Forgive. Forgive. And you say, well, how do I forgive? Now, I want you to know. Now, you, you may. The first step is being willing to. Okay? Some of us, I'm having to push you there. You've got to be willing to forgive. It's God's will. You believer, you call yourself by, by a Christian. Is, is it just? No. To let, to let that person off the hook? Is it just? No, not in, in the world terms. But was it just to let you off the, off the hook and for the, the Holy One of God to be crucified? No, that wasn't just either. It was a gift. So I guess what, what I want you to do is give gifts today. If there's somebody, if there's somebody, someone, something that occupies a place in your heart and your mind, might be your husband, might be your wife, might be your kids, might be your grandpa. Might be it doesn't matter. I want you to set them free today. You gotta, you gotta want to first. It's God's will. You gotta want to, and we'll do that. You'll do that by by saying, God. You know, you know, you know what what's on my heart. God, I make a, I make a determined decision today. That person doesn't owe me anything anymore. I forgive them. I forgive them. I forgive them. And you might, now some of you might say, Pastor, I've done that, but the thoughts and the, and the accompanying, you know, how many of us know that emotions sometimes accompany memories? Right? You remember a traumatic thing and you go through the emotions on it. It's a lie, but it's, it's true. It's, I mean, it, it does happen, but it's a lie. And this is the way I explain it very simply, and I don't mean to be corny about this. But last month, you had an electric bill, and hopefully, you paid it. If your power's still on, you paid it. You remember that bill, but you don't owe it anymore. You remember that bill, but you don't know it anymore. Remembering doesn't mean it's still there. If you made a decision to say to, to to forgive someone, and you tell God that, it's still there. You'll still remember it. Let me take you one more step. Well, how do I get away from these feelings? How do I get away from these emotions that are connected with this? First of all, you got to recognize that just because you feel that way doesn't mean they're not that you didn't forgive them. You made a choice. You made a decision. You forgave them. You were honest about it before God. How do I get rid of these feelings? Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to do something that's, that, push you, that will push you even harder. I want you to begin to pray for that person. <laughs> they don't deserve it. Pastor, don't make me do that. They don't deserve it. You didn't deserve it, so I prayed for you. Let me tell you something, the price of freedom is, is, is laying down on the altar and say, God, you, you can have all of me, even this part. Pray for them with all of your heart. They don't deserve it. They may not know it. They may be dead. They can't come back to you and say, I'm so sorry. Pray for them. You want to be set free. I want you to be set free. God wants you to be set free. God, I give this thing to you. God, bless my uncle. Bless my brother. Bless my sister. Bless this man. I don't know where they are. Even if they knew they hurt me, they, 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 they probably would just spit at me if they saw me. But I want to I forgive them. I want to forgive them. God, I want you to touch their lives. I want you to save them. I want you to touch their lives and make them good. Make their life good. There's room. There's room at the top. Do you know that there's room at the top? There's room at the table. That table that I told you about before. There's room. There's room. Stand with me. This altar's open if you've got something you need to deal with, with, with God, I'm going to encourage you to do it now. Don't say, well, I can do this at home. You won't do it at home. The Holy Spirit's speaking to you now. Find a place. Find a place of prayer. Humble yourself before God. You know, that's like, is, is it? I guess it is hard. Humble yourselves before Him. Say, God, you know, the truth is I've been holding out. You've been good to me. You've forgiven me. And I'm, not, and I'm not forgiving other people. I don't want anything to be in my way. I don't want to, anything to be between me and you. You know, you know what I have had to do, folks? In this vein, I forgive everybody that I, that, 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 I, that, I, that I can remember. Then every once in a while I say, God, there's things in my past I don't remember that just don't come to mind. Help me now. Bring this back to my memory. If there's somebody I need to forgive, Help me to remember. And I'll be going down the road, and boom, something will pop in. Okay, God, I forgive them. Now you help me with the feelings. I forgive them. That's done. I don't owe them. They don't owe me anything. You've been gracious and good to me. Freely I have received. Freely I give. Hallelujah. That's worship. And this altar's open for those of you who might want to pray.